Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMEA markets. It's Tuesday, February the 14th. I'm Caterina Dassier. Coming up this week, reporter Beatrice Mavroleon will discuss the highlights of the primary markets so far this week. Reporter Andrew Ross will chat about French care home operator Europea, which has signed a lockup agreement on a draft restructuring proposal. And finally, analyst Manuel Coelho will talk about how UK-based petrol station forecourt Empire AG Group will address its 2025 maturities. Earlier today, I had a call with Beatrice about the highlights of the primary market so far this week. Here is what she said. Last week, the primary market saw its first dividend recap since the first half of last year, with French luxury fashion brand Isabelle Marin's 2028 senior secured notes, which are upsized to 265 million euros from 250 million euros. The issuance will be used to to refinance the company's existing senior secured notes and to fund a 60 million euro shareholder distribution. The notes priced at par to pay an 8% coupon, tightened as a result of strong investor interest from the mid 8% area. While some investors were wary of a small single brand credit with hard to assess fashion risk, the company has experienced a very strong performance over recent years with a large proportion of wholesales contributing to resilience during pandemic related lockdowns. And despite increasing as a result of the issuance, leverage is still only 2.8 times. Consumer data provider Nielsen IQ priced a $1.455 billion and 500 million euro term loan B add-on at 89 with margins at S plus 625 and E plus 650. The OID widened from the 92 to 93 range as investors struggled to get comfortable with the deal. Dutch artificial grass provider Tencat Grass priced its fungible 274.3 million euro term loan B add-on at 94, tighter than guidance in the range of 92 to 93 earlier in in syndication. The issuance, issuance, which will fund Tencat's acquisition of US-based Hellas, Uh, was put on hold amid difficult market conditions in October. Investors noted that the company has outperformed expectations since last year and that its increased exposure to the US market will be beneficial. UK chemical company Ineos priced a debt package that brings together €400 million and $420 million of senior secured notes in addition to $1.2 billion and €700 million of term loan Bs. Proceeds from the notes and term loan Bs will repay the company's remaining euro and dollar term loan Bs due in 2024 and will be used for general corporate purposes. Finally, modular power generation and temperature control provider Agreco is marketing a 130 million euro fungible term loan B add-on and a 300 million dollar non-fungible term loan B due in 2026 to repay and refinance existing debt, including debt incurred for the acquisition of North American peer Resolute Industrial. Andrew, you have been busy with French care home operator Europea. The big update last week was that it reached an agreement in principle on its financial restructuring plan with a group of French long-term investors led by Caste Depot or CDC. 
What do we know about this proposal? Okay. Well, Orpea's restructuring proposal gives the CDC-led group of investors, or Group Amont, 50.2% of the company's capital, while the unsecured financial creditors would hold about 49.4%. A lockup agreement was secured yesterday, which aims to implement the terms of the draft agreement in principle, which envisages three successive capital raises. The existing shareholders, if they decide not to participate in the capital increases um, open to them, would only hold about 0.4% maximum of the capital of the company. Uh, the company envisages implementation, implementing the deal by March 1st using an accelerated safeguard. And um, an alternative proposal was submitted by a group comprising unsecured creditors and some share- shareholders. Too. Yeah, yeah, like a group of unsecured creditors representing about 500 million euro of Orpea's unsecured debt and minority shareholder group Concerta O submitted a proposal this week. Um, the group claims this proposal, which also envisages CDC as the largest shareholder post-restructuring, is more balanced than Orpea's proposal and will result in uh, higher recoveries for unsecured creditors. The main terms of the proposal claim that they will result in a higher day one equity value for the equitized unsecured debt equal to 36% of the unsecured nominal claim. This is four percentage points higher or 17% higher than the current CDC Steerco proposal. Additionally, the new money provision is open to other unsecured creditors to join the 400 million euro capital raise, resulting in an initial 46% equity allocation, which would increase to 60%, according to the group. Under the CDC Steerco proposal, um, other unsecured creditors can only take part in the third 195 million euro capital raise. Uh, the CDC slash Steerco proposal expressly excludes other unsecured creditors from participating in the 200 million euro third capital increase and also excludes other unsecured creditors from the second capital raise. And the CDC-led deal envisages uh, using the new accelerated safeguard rather than the traditional safeguard procedure. Can you expand on the significance of this? Yeah, well, this is significant because Orpea will essentially be the first major test of the new restructuring regime since uh, PRF Vacants in 2022. It's also significant because uh, accelerated safeguard can uh, be used to bind dissenting creditors. That's that's really interesting. So how will this be structured? Now, the French regime uses a different test for class composition than the familiar uh, English law practitioners. The French test appears to be focused on the interests of the creditor and their outcome in the plan, rather than the legal rights which creditors have when deciding class composition. So, you know, when it comes to deciding what class people go into, there could be some could be some challenges. The care home operator has already faced litigation by Shulshine Lenders, uh, a convertible uh, note holder, and the minority shareholders against the opening of the second conciliation procedure. This followed a challenge by unsecured note holders against suspension of unsecured debt payments from December 1st, and a separate challenge to the first conciliation procedure by a Shulshine holder. 
Uh, given the contested nature of the restructuring and the size of Orpea's capital structure, dissenting groups will likely mount challenges to this accelerated safeguard. However, bear in mind, unlike the traditional safeguard procedure, the accelerated safeguard includes provisions for cross-class cram-down. This means that if restructuring is not approved by all creditor classes, the plan can still go ahead and bind all creditors. Crucially, cram-down must have the consent of the debtor, and should abide by the absolute priority rule. The absolute priority rule, which is borrowed from Chapter 11 of the US Bankruptcy Code, provides that senior classes must be repaid in full before junior classes uh, or equity. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Hi, Manuel. You recently published a cash flow and waterfall analysis on EG Group. Given all the news that has recently come out, what were the key points that you found? Hi, Katerina. EG is facing the risk of a normalization of fuel margins from current peaks, structural changes towards electrification, as well as inconsistent cash generation. Going forward, we see these impacts, as well as very high interest burden, significantly constrain cash generation. If the company was to remain as is, EG will likely be able to address its $8.4 billion maturity wall in 2025. Current leverage could be significantly higher than the 6.3 times in September, with the US dollar losing ground against the euro and sterling. We estimate that the, at the current exchange uh, rates, debt outstanding could be higher by about $500 million. This is material, materially apart from a target level of between 4.5 times and 5 times in order to start refinancing talks. So how can EG manage to address its maturity wall or what does it need to do it in order to be in a position to refinance? One of the options factored into our model is the disposal of the Australian segment. This region has seen relatively slow growth and expansion compared with other operating regions and has been more difficult to manage logistically. Assuming the group decided to fully dispose of the Australian business at a nine times multiple, which is at the top end of our estimates, net leverage could still remain close to six times in 2024. Hence, the group would need to pursue additional means of deleveraging to pull off a successful refinancing. Um, moreover, using an asset sale option to reduce debt limits the group ability in fully redeeming its 2024 notes, as proceeds would need to be allocated on a prorata basis across the rest of its secured notes. Uh, another option uh, could be for EG to use sale and leaseback proceeds to repay the 2024 notes and allocate further asset sales proceeds among the term loans and bonds maturing in 2024. 25 thereafter. This could be an option for the US business, although a selling leaseback transaction may provide minimal deleveraging potential, with cash saving being limited to the spread between interests on redeemed debt and rates on new leases. It also does not reduce the size of the capital structure on a post IFRS 16 basis. We note that there is some downside protection under the group's free old property portfolio, which according to management is worth $10 billion, although this figure is yet to be verified. 
So given these risks, Manuel, how do you view the bonds? I noticed you preferred uh, French retailer Casino's 2024 unsecured notes. But as I understand, they also have some difficulties of their own. Yes, uh, we do see better upside potential on the unsecured casino notes due in 2024 compared to EG's 2024 notes, despite EG's notes being covered by current liquidity and potential support through early redemptions under certain transactions. Both companies need to engage in asset sales to right-size their capital structure to push through refinancings, and both have operational headwinds. Hence, we take more comfort in the shorter end of the curve in both cases due to the prospects of early redemptions. Um, EG's 2024 notes trade at about 95, while Casino's 2024 unsecured notes are at about 86.9. In contrast to EG, Casino also has a proven track record in progressing with its current asset sale program of 4.5 billion euros and as additional means of further LATAM assets which can be disposed of. On EG's 2025 notes, we view them as being more exposed to the group's execution on asset sales and a comprehensive refinancing plan, assuming that 2024s are addressed ahead of the 2025 maturities. Join Reor this Thursday at 9 a.m. London time for a discussion on events surrounding Adami Group, the fallout from the Hindenburg Research Report and the potential outcomes for the embattled group. And on February the 21st at 12 p.m. London time for the webinar Ukraine Credit Consideration One Year Into the War to cover the war's impact on Ukraine's economy and public finance so far, and an overview of the Ukrainian restrictions we saw in 2022. Register now at reorg.com or email marketing at reorg.com for further information. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>